0: Me, Better Buddies Podcast. You, needing something to listen to. Hit play. Hello, oh, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Kelvin. That's me. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. What is your most hated flavor for candies? The candy flavor you hate the most.
1: Uh, like real licorice. Ooh. Oh. Like, I like Twizzlers. And I've actually grown to like red vines. As a kid, I didn't like red vines, but lately, my 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 mother's always liked red vines, and like she um like she had like one of those like big massive like five pound bucket things of them that you can get, and she had it for like a car ride for like a car trip that her and my dad took, and they had extras, and I was munching on those, and I was like, you know what? I really like red vines, but real (laughs) licorice can't do it.
0: I am horrible. I'm, I want you to know I'm using all of my self-control not to just kick you right now for betraying Twizzlers. This is a Twizzlers podcast. Oh, I still love Twizzlers.
1: <laughs> they're just different.
0: They're not even I would argue they're not comparable. Yes, Red Vines are wax.
1: Honestly, yeah. Twizzlers I feel like can be more wax.
2: I liked I like Twizzlers more cuz they're more nostalgic for me, but I think Red Vines like taste better. Like yeah. I I like I, liked, I Red Vines are the ones where you can, like, peel them, right? They're no. like the string cheese. And... No, that's, that's Twizzlers. Twizzlers. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. No, Twizzlers yeah, red... are the ones that are
0: twisted. That, Wait, no, like no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Twizzlers, uh... Twizzlers and Red Vines are both twisted, but Twizzlers also have the peel apart ones.
2: Yes. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even fucking know that. I thought I thought Red Vines were the ones that were peeled. Fuck.
1: It's yeah, on the so... package. Yeah, the like the like original Twizzlers look very similar to identical to Red Vines, but the Twizzlers have multiple kinds, and they do have the big like pull apart ones. Those
2: are really good. I those like are those. good,
1: but they leave a kind of
2: funky aftertaste. They do. They're kind of plasticky a little and bit. like, yeah, and yeah.
1: I don't know. I've I've grown to appreciate Red Vines. So I should try real them licorice again. from
0: Calvin that like root herbal licorice.
1: Yeah. What do you got, you, you love that stuff, don't you? Oh sorry. You love that stuff, don't you, you RJ? Cuz you like uh, uh Jaeger.
0: I wouldn't say I love it, but I it's depending on like the amount of it used. Like I don't like black licorice I don't like black licorice jelly beans that much. I don't like black licorice as like just a candy, but there are some like I there was one time I had these like licorice gummy candies that were pretty good. This is like these herbal things and I mean, yeah, Jaeger, Jaeger, one of the primary herbal flavors is l- black licorice. So I like it. I've come around, but it's, it depends on the food stuff and the amount.
1: Yeah. In, wait, I'm trying to look it up now. Cause I'm trying flavor in colored black with licorice extract, but coming my Yeah. Black licorice is just licorice.
2: Mhm.
1: Like what yeah. we call black licorice is just normal licorice.
2: Yeah. Technically, technically, they have to call Twizzlers apparently a licorice type candy. They can't. Yeah, because
1: they're it. not actually licorice. It's they just like strawberry, cherry, sugar stuff, and it's good. yes yeah. But it's not licorice. <laughs> Agreed.
0: Uh, and maybe you should try it more
1: often because I was reading on the
0: internet the other day, so you know it's true that a study found mm. that. Good and plenty candies, which are licorice flavored, is an attractive scent to women. So,
2: interesting. I have
1: remember. I do remember hearing or reading on the internet. I don't remember where that black or licorice. Yes, is supposedly supposedly a like smell that is enticing to women. Nice.
0: And most men's cologne ranks at bottom.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would agree with them on that. Very. <laughs> uh
2: I would say for me it would be like coconut candy um any good one anything coconut like I, I I won't eat like um what is it mounds is that is that mm-hmm. like it's probably the yeah. one chocolate candy that I will not like um that I just will not eat um I, and like I've had like licorice or not licorice I've had like coconut like suckers before um shit like that it's just not good like it just doesn't taste good i don't like coconut flavoring on its own to begin with so i am biased but that's what i would i would have to say fuck coconut
0: not for me i i might get kicked off my own podcast here but i'm going blue raspberry i just don't like blue raspberry stuff
2: why why do you think
0: a it's kind of stupidly artificial real
1: like,
2: yeah, that's that's the number one. Yeah. I agree.
1: It's,
0: it's, an it's just artificial not real to begin with. So it's not like it tastes like anything to begin with. And second, yeah. for just like whatever blue. reason, they've decided blue raspberry has to be sour. So like anything blue raspberry, you get eighty percent of the time it's sour to some degree. And I don't like Do sour It's tart.
2: It's like the tart because raspberries yeah. are tart. Do you not like sour candy, RJ? Oh,
0: I hate sour candy. It's one of the worst, really? it's one of the most paradoxical things is I, li- I love gummy candy, but so much gummy candy is sour gummy candy because it's got like that sour yeah. sugar on it.
2: Uh, yeah. Dude, I love sour candy. I love sour. Mm. Stuff. That explains why um, you're such a sour person. I know. They I was poisoned on. from early age. Um, no, that's fair though. Blue raspberry is one of those where it's like, I feel like uh, people gravitate towards it because of like, the mimetic novelty—it's like, oh, it's blue raspberry. Who doesn't like blue raspberry? But it's like, it, it is not a flavor that I will select like on my own. There are other flavors that I will pick before I pick blue raspberry.
0: I theorize that blue raspberry is a flavor that only remains popular due to a combined so- uh, nostalgia and sociological pressure combination.
1: Uh, I, you... I I like I like blue raspberry. I genuinely just like the flavor. Always liked it. But I also accept that it's definitely not, like, this amazing, like, flavor. And, like, not Mm -hmm. liking it is totally fair for the reason of, like you said, RJ, it's just not real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not raspberry. It's more blue than it is raspberry.
0: I want to follow up then. what's favorite flavor, because mine's cherry. Knock it out of the park. I'll take cherry, just about anything.
2: Oh, my God. This is actually really tough for me, because there's, like, two that I have. Um... I, it really depends
1: for me and it it, 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 it varies in what I'm going for, but I think a pretty safe one that I will always go for is grape. And mm-hmm. I like fake grape flavoring because like the artificial grape doesn't taste like grapes. And I don't like actual grapes, but I think that's more of a texture thing for me. Uh, but artificial grape,
2: oh, that, that's probably usually my go to. I like, I like, uh, I like strawberry because I, I, the thing is, I like both watermelon and green apple. But watermelon is like a little too; it's like not quite enough. It doesn't Mm -hmm. taste like watermelon, but it's like trying, but it's not quite quite there. And green apple, I love, but it's also very sour. I feel like
0: watermelon to taste like it's water.
2: I no, I know (laughs) I love. I love the fruit though, which is the problem. Is like when you have like watermelon candy, like I do find it. Like it's very, I like it, but it's not, it just doesn't hit that same spot. You know, it, it could never, cause it's not the real thing. Um, but I do like strawberry cause I find it to be like, I usually find a lot of strawberry flavoring. One, it's like a pretty common flavoring. So you can find it almost anywhere. And two, it's like, I genuinely enjoy it. Like, it might be my favorite fruit, honestly. So I would say strawberry.
0: Nice. Our next segment, better buddies recommend, where you recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start this week?
1: I'll go. Oh, yeah. So my recommendation is actually a forwarding of a recommendation I was given on Saturday um, to listen to new, like a new band in some like new genre of music, and uh, by actually Eli, who was on the podcast last week, um, he recommended this to me, and it's been. Really good. And I've been really enjoying it. Um, but the band he recognized or recognized recommended is um, I've no idea how to say it. It's like Madu Mokhtar M-D-O-U. So it's like mm-hmm. Um, And they're a Tuareg desert rock band. Yeah. North Africa. And they're freaking awesome. I've been loving them and kind of this whole, cause we were, Eli and I were talking about um, post-rock cause he's actually the first guy that I've ever met that actually one has heard of post-rock too. And and two has ever actually listened to post-rock and like could talk with me about different post-rock bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he suggested this because we were talking post-rock and it's so good. It's just so good. Cause um, I don't know, it's super it's very post-rock-esque, but it's also very much its own thing, and it's so hard to describe. It's just really good, because basically what it is, is this guy took very traditional, like, Tuareg music and just made it modern. So it's got, like, electric guitar and drum set, and there's a bass... So it's got very modern rocky elements to it but it's very based in the traditional music and it's it's so good
0: it's very good i listened to the album this morning at work
1: oh nice you got you into it too yeah yeah i uh actually uh they're they're they're, they're gonna be playing in like two weeks in my city rj oh nice do you want to go? I might, I think I'm going to buy tickets. Send me the date. I'll have to
2: check my calendar. Oh, dude, right. you t- you totally should. They're oh my
1: technically... God. I think they're technically opening for another band because I don't know that they're okay, big enough like... to have a gig for themselves. And I listened to like the songs for the other band. They weren't bad. But... Uh, like... I, I, I don't know. I kind of just want to go now to them. And... I feel like that'd be because I, I have no idea who would be at this show. I mean you should see if Eli wants to go <laughs> You should see if he wants to go
2: Dude their fucking language is insane. I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now for for uh, Tuareg and their are the Tuareg
1: is interesting too because I started reading about them because of this band and yeah that's like a whole Wikipedia page to dive into. It's like a whole thing. Holy shit, yeah. You know, the thought
0: I had while I was listening to the album today is like it's the kind of shit I would expect the Fremen to be making for music in Dune.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like a little,
0: a little hard-edged electric rock, but very desert-themed, desert-centric.
1: It's also interesting because it's like three guys from North Africa and then a white dude from Brooklyn. Nice. Because <laughs> he's, awesome. like, he's like their base and like I think he helps produce their and distribute their albums. And then he also plays bass in the band. There you so go. So if you like so like some of their photos, it's just like three dudes in like desert kind of like outfit stuff from like like just how they how look they from Yeah, just how they dress from North Africa. And then there's just a little white dude.
0: <laughs> just hanging out. That's
2: yeah. really funny.
0: Nice. Uh
2: James, do you want to go next or should I? I can go. Yeah. Um, So this is, this is going to be kind of dated a, a little bit. And I don't know, maybe this has already been recommended. I feel like there's like a potential chance this has been. So let me know if it has. Um, I would like to recommend the show Smiling Friends. What? Uh, Never heard of it. Really? Oh my God. Perfect. Um, the fuck is this <laughs> Smiling, shit? Smiling Friends is a show that was made by Chris... Uh not Chris O'Neill. Um it was made by Zach, uh who goes by like psychic pebbles on YouTube. He's been doing like animations for like probably over ten years okay. now. He he did stuff like um I might have shown you guys like some of his stuff. He did like Hellbenders and he did like uh some of this other stuff called like Leo and Satan. He did he did a <gasps> bunch of Satan? like I know yeah, Leo and Satan. Yeah, he did that. So he had no idea. And his friend pitched a show a couple of years ago to Adult Swim and it got rejected. Then they came back. He he teamed up with somebody else and they pitched a different show and that one got greenlit for one episode and they aired it on YouTube and it kind of like blew up a little bit. And then uh, like after a lot of back and forth with like Adult Swim, Adult Swim eventually greenlit uh, a whole season and there's like, I think there's like eight or nine episodes and they're all 10 minutes each. And basically the the premise is dude. Yeah. And little purple dude with like a single hair. He's got like big eyes. I haven't seen Uh, ads for
0: it on Facebook.
2: Yeah. And there's a yellow guy too. So the, the yellow dude with the kind of like big nose and the orange sweatshirt is Charlie and the purple guy, uh, with like the big eyes and the little name is Pim. They work at this company called the smiling friends. And the whole like goal of the company is like, uh, the premise of each episode is they go, they're going to go to somebody who needs their help to, they're going to cheer them up. But the show is very, um, it's uh, it's like very internet style, cynical to a degree, but just very kind of, um, the, the this isn't the best way to describe it, but it's like quote unquote like edgy humor. It's very like, I don't know, it, it takes turns really, really quick it basically feels like how you felt when you were watching like an episode of SpongeBob or like a cartoon when you were a kid. That's how watching this show feels as an adult. Cause it just, you're just draining brain cells away. It's awesome, dude. It just, it just fucking goes. Like each episode is only 10 minutes. So the, the plot moves quick. The jokes are really fast. There's, and the thing is too, is like this to me is like, so far it is what i would call the pinnacle from what i've seen of current american adult animation really? um, it is yeah it is so That's well done quite a claim i i would say like adult animation in the sense of like uh like an adult comedy like there's stuff like the boondocks which is like really well done um rick and morty has like some okay stuff but like smiling friends is like it, it's uh it's very mixed media so they'll have like stop motion the the, the so it's the pushing kind of, the boundary yeah it's like it's kind of done in, you know how chowder was like all that different animation like mashed into one yeah. like it's kind of what smiling friends is um okay it's on hulu and they just recently got onto like hbo max which is kind of like kind of pretty fucking big um and they've been greenlit for a second season but it's like I cannot recommend it enough. I've watched the show like two times through already. I will probably watch it a third and a fourth time. I think it's, I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's probably, it's like one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. Um, It feels very original, but what I really like to, uh, to get like corny is like it actually, for all it's kind of like surface level internet, like dark humor, kind of pseudo cynicism. It has like, a pretty optimistic viewpoint and it, it makes a point at certain areas in the show to kind of inject that a little bit so it's mm-hmm. not just empty nihilism or cynicism or like dark humor that has no like th- that's just gonna make you feel like kind of it's gonna make you laugh but also feel shitty like there is some of that but there's also other parts of the show where it feels like grounded by a genuine like sense by a kind of like authenticity towards I don't know just just optimism in a way which is like which is like nice um it
0: sounds like just
2: based on your description
0: it's like hey we're doing all this stuff to make you laugh like here's some moments to remind you like dude life is not this nihilistic take a breath yeah that is it's
2: that's kind of it yeah it's like it's a comedy show (laughs) it's it's really well done like it's really well done and i am like I'm both excited and a little nervous for the second season because like that it when a show like this, like I think they basically had about as good as a season of television as you could have what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um so like it will be difficult to I don't I, I think the best thing they could do is to not like try and not top it for the second season. Just do what they've been doing. Like just try to keep it funny and original and, and I think like the creative team behind it like, can do it, um, if they're, lot al- if, like, Adult Swim allows them to keep that kind of, like, creative control, um, but I would, like, you can, at, at the very least, you can watch the first episode for, like, free on YouTube, um, it's, like, 10 minutes long, and I also can't recommend first episode enough, because it's got, uh, one of the guys from Red Letter Media in it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, it's, it's really enjoyable, like, I just, I think it's, like, and the thing is, too, if you watch it, you're like, ah, not for me. It was only ten minutes, so. Fair. um But yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Smiling friends.
1: Nice.
0: Nice. We're gonna we're gonna hit some very wide genres this week because I'm going movies, and oh yeah, I'm gonna recommend an oldie but a goodie, Casablanca.
2: Never yeah. seen Casablanca. Oh really? I, right.
0: have I've, I've no. finally watched Casablanca, and okay. I understand why it has its place in movie history and i understand why i would argue it holds up
1: oh, i was about nice. to say you understand it has its place but like you're not for you
0: no i would i would actually argue it holds cool. up today maybe nice. it's just because of how different it is compared to a lot of other cinema that is being produced but um it was very enjoyable
2: what do you think like uh what was it what was like i guess the thought process like as you're because you probably sat down like i've sat down to some of those older movies before that like kind of surprised me and like at first you're kind of like you know i know that this is supposed to be a really you know famous like or well done movie but i feel like some that's just hype and then like slowly it kind of like like was that process as you kind of like sat down and like moved through the movie so you know what i mean
0: my thought pre- i'm gonna go back to when i first got it because i was at a thrift store yeah. months ago and it was like buy a dvd for like a buck Or two DVDs for... Like, a DVD for $2 or something. So it was a really good score. And somebody must have just, like, turned in their DVD collection. Because at the same time that I got Casablanca, I got the Dark Knight trilogy. All three of them. Picked up, like, two... I picked up um, Big Lebowski. Just, like, a whole (sighs) slew of these good movies. That, again, like, somebody must have just donated their DVD collection to Goodwill.
2: Dude, that's Um, awesome.
0: (laughs) And I saw it and was like, oh... Casablanca, that's, that's like a historically famous film. That's a, that's one of the films. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get this. Cause I want to see it. I want to understand. I i don't know if I'll like it, but I want to, I want to know where movie history start, like, came from. Yeah. And I put it on my shelf and promptly didn't watch it for like four months. Yeah. Been there. And then Sunday was dinner time. I was like, I'm going to put something on. What am I going to put on? Put it on Casablanca. It's the next on my list of, on the, my shelf of to watch. So I put it on and it started off and I was like, okay, you know, this is, we're getting the lay of the land. They're, we're introdu- you're, they're introducing me to this Casablanca, the city in Africa, in Morocco, French free Morocco during World War II mm-hmm. uh, and how like Rick runs his, runs Rick's American cafe and the corruption in the city, and it moved. It moved at a really good pace for something that is not an action film. Um.
2: Yeah, it's very dialogue and performance heavy, isn't intensely it? Intensely. Like yeah.
0: The one person gets shot at the end of the film, and they are standing <laughs> still. They just stand there and get shot. <laughs> Um, Like, there's no car chases, there's no daring escapes, it's literally just people sitting and talking and walking around and conversations, but they do such a good, and like, I do want to point out though, Humphrey Bogart is the main actor, and Mm -hmm. it's had such a lasting impact that there are still Humphrey Bogart impressions and things, and like Casablanca references appearing in Media Made Today but it's gotten to a point where the impressions are impressions of the impression like when people do um yeah do the impression they're like Hey, play it again sam here's looking at you kid yeah
2: <laughs>
0: and it's not that heavy it's not that heavy
2: no with a lot of those older um i found that too with a lot of those like older movie actors like there is in the impressions that we hear of them today there is like a kernel of like what they were but the problem is, is that they've been flanderized and passed down by almost like two generations now of people like doing those impressions so so when you actually do hear them speak it's like Oh shit! Like they were a real person. Like they didn't talk. <laughs> like, yeah, they like didn't the, talk with a uh, cigar stick on oh. the side of their mouth the
0: entire time. Like that was the close. There was one yeah. scene where he's smoking a cigar, and it's in the corner of his mouth, and he says something. And I'm like, oh, that's where that that that's where the impression came from,
2: because he's got
0: a cigar <laughs> in the side of his mouth.
2: Yeah. Oh fuck! I really, I might honestly pick the library.
0: I highly recommend watching it. There's. Because it's also the... It's a very conflicting movie because it's it's the conflict inside this main character of Richard, the conflict of Free French Morocco being the end of the line for people trying to escape the Third Reich as it sweeps across Europe. The uh, Third Reich showing up in Free French Morocco and saying like, hey, you're, uh, you're gonna play nice and play ball, right?
1: <laughs>
0: and the police captain who's kind of in charge of the town playing both sides and trying to remain as neutral as he can while he's got Fran- the Germans on one side and these expatriates, people fleeing them on the other. Um, I think that this, it was also a pretty moving movie. There's a scene in the middle in the bar with, that involves music and anthems. the Jer, I- I'm sorry. I'm just going to spoil this. I apologize. It's not like this spoiler in the movie. It's an old ass movie. It- I'm sorry.
1: No. Um,
0: but there's a scene like part of the whole thing is that this freedom fighter, like underground resistance leader dude, has escaped from a <laughs> concentration camp. Keeps escaping the Nazis. They're here. This is like his last stop before if he if he escapes Morocco, he goes to America and is free. They can't stop him. So a group of Nazis are there to stop him and keep him from leaving, but they don't have any legal authority there, and their invasion has not reached the point where they can just do it by military force. And so they're hanging out in Rick's, he's hanging out in Rick's, and Rick is just there, like, trying to run Rick's, and (laughs) conflicted about, like, he's trying to stay out of it, he used to be a freedom fighter, he fought for the underdogs, but he's out of that game now, he just wants to run his bar, and... The Germans are on a piano, like singing German Nazi songs, and the freedom fighter guy's like, mm, "This will not stand," and he goes over to the house ba- house band, and is like, "Strike up the song." And I think it's like the French, like freedom song. And yeah, it's
2: hard, the band. Yeah,
0: yeah, And the band looks over to Rick and he like gives a nod of like, "Yeah, you're good. Go ahead." And so they start playing, and the basically the entire filled bar stands up. Or through the course of the song and is singing together, in the face of these Nazis. And the Nazis are trying. To their credit, they try and drown out, like try and, like pump up their volume to fight back. But like they get drowned out by all of these people just standing up and singing at them, including like some of the people who were fraternizing with them when they first showed up.
2: That's a great scene. That's like a really. I will definitely watch this movie now. I, I this has been one that has been like uh it like the two for me, the two like classic movies I hear about over and over and over again are Citizen Kane and uh, Casablanca. Yeah. And I yep. have I have seen Citizen Kane, I have not seen Casablanca. Like RJ, would you say that this is like not I wouldn't go so heavy as like required American viewing, but would you say like this is a movie that it's like it's one of those where it's like you should probably see it.
0: You should probably see it. Um, I If you have any interest in movies beyond just, like, what's the summer blockbuster, watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't promise you'll like it, but I promise it will make so many other things in terms of, like, culture make sense, of the references that just fall into place, and mm-hmm. it will make... It's just a different, completely different time period of filmmaking and a different sensibility and different everything that... The, I mean, today, uh, let's compare to another movie I watched really recently. It was a week ago. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that movie. It's yeah. just mindless action. Mindless
0: like action, too. super fun. Yeah. Gerard Butler's great. Yep. But if you were going to do something with a similar, like, story of Casablanca of, like, if, even if you just take the story and plop it into, pl- take that script and plop it into the current times, you know that movie would have at least two car chases and three gunfights by the end of the movie. Yeah. You'd have to. Or it wouldn't sell. And watching the original, like, the real original Casablanca, you can see how you can tell a story that is engaging and entertaining without fistfights and violence. Except there's some violence. But... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like, strategically, like, it doesn't rely on the... Violence spec- is a
0: scalpel, not a hammer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. No, I, I felt the same way when I watched, like, older movies where, like, you can tell... I'm in love with some of those older ones, like, you know that because they had limited resources, uh, because they were using film stock and not digital, because, like, the cameras weren't as mobile, like, they had to really really construct the shots they really had to like be- choreograph them and figure out like what is the framing going to be what is this going to be because they couldn't move it in the way that we can move our cameras today and they still had to make it like visually interesting and like i think it's cool because that's why a lot of i think that's why a lot of older movies have very like long takes like shots very kind of like static ones and a lot of them which is why I understand why they can feel boring to some people. I totally get it. They end up feeling a lot like plays because they become very dialogue and performance heavy because they couldn't rely on like action. Like they they just couldn't, there were action movies that were made in like the forties, the fifties, the sixties, but the special effects just weren't there. They always looked corny. So they always took a back seat to the ones that had like, You know, performances and cinematography and writing, like stuff that could really engage. You watch like a movie like that, kind of like you're saying, it's like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could like make something like this. Like, I didn't even know that they did do that. It's also really weird when you watch like an old film, like an old, old movie, because you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe people used to be like that. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, you know, a little slang.
0: I think Casablanca is a good choice, though, if you're going to watch an old movie, because it's not trying to bit- depict a current time for the time of the movie. It's still technically a historical event, I'm pretty sure. Or at least oh, like, that... fictionalized historical events shortly after they happened.
2: That's a really, I, I think that's a really good point, actually. I, ooh, when was that movie? That movie might have been made during the war. I was going say,
1: I think that movie did come out in the 40s.
2: It was made in 1940 It was released in nineteen forty-two, which means they probably started making it around nineteen forty. Um, so pre-America
0: intervention in the war.
2: Yeah, because then yeah, I think it's
0: part of it too. Is like America's. Yeah. Wow. So it was trying to depict current times. Well, hmm, I'm just gonna go take that comment, put that back <laughs> in the box.
2: No, but you're kind of right too, because it is fictionalizing, uh, like, it's fictionalizing sort of a period in history that was, like, both occurring and, like, not at the same time.
0: You know what I'm, here's what I meant by it. We Mm. watch enough stuff about World War II with historical film footage of that, that those events and the events surrounding them, it is more natural to see in an older film style compared to other things that might take place, such as the Wild West.
2: I would agree. I can agree with this. Well, holy shit. Yeah, I really Dude, this, this poster alone is making me want to watch this movie. My God, what a great fucking poster. Every, anyone who's listening to this, you should go to the Wikipedia page. You should look at the poster for Casablanca. And if you tell me that that does not make you want to watch the film. what
0: The one where it's just Humphrey Bogart, Bogart Bridget, uh, Ingrid Bergman and Paul Heinrich Casablanca, the two staring all at each the, other.
2: No, it's the it's the one where it's like, it's one where he, it's like them two kind of like in the foreground and then in the background, different cast of characters, their their names are on top oh, yeah. and like, it's like it. a red Casablanca with the, with the quotations. God, it's so simple, but it's so fucking good. Damn dude, a work of art. Oh my God. I know. Uh,
0: there was almost a sequel.
2: Oh, it's there. Yeah. Where do, yeah. Where do you see that?
0: Uh, almost the moment, from the moment Casablanca became a hit, Talk began to producing a sequel. One titled Brazzaville, in the final scene, Renault recommends fleeing to that free French held city. It was planned, uh, but never produced. Uh, since then, no studio has seriously considered filming a sequel or outright remake. Francois Truffaut yes, refused you? an invitation to remake the film, citing its cult status.
2: Probably, probably a good thing, in all honesty. Mm
0: hmm. Well. Our next segment,
2: <laughs> how to be
0: a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week, what is the best thing you have done to improve your mental health?
1: Uh, I kind of fell out of it, but I've been trying to get back into it, but kind of the combination of just eating better and working out. Honestly, the exercise and working out was the big part. I've, I've, fallen out of the working out i'm trying to kick my button gear again start working out in the mornings but it just especially when i was or for like the two three week period where i was waking up before five in the morning and getting my workout done right away it was it was like the best way to start the day and it because you just like you start the day literally with like already having accomplished something
0: i will second it- that i'm on I, right now, I'm at week uh, fifteen for my push-ups, so I'm doing fifteen push-ups a day during the week de- work week, and it is nice to like that in my fifteen sit-ups, just pump them out just before I go shower, and it's like refreshes me and wakes me up before before my day begins.
2: I I totally agree, and I also agree too that it's like a really difficult routine to keep up. I found like what helps is like what I'll do is I will. I will like split my workout up. So I will do some of it in the morning and some of it, like when I come home, like I, I stuff that I can do, like if there's anything rigorous, like a run or like abs or whatever, I'll do that in the morning. So I kind of have like other stuff when I come home that it's not easier, but it's like, it's like, I'd rather do that than like go for a run after work. But it's also like, it's really tough. Yeah,
1: because for a while I was working out and I was just going for a run after I got home from work. And it's like that wasn't bad, especially during the late summer fall when it was really nice out. It wasn't like ungodly hot and it wasn't cold either. So it was like nice to be outside. Um, But once it started getting cold and I just didn't really feel like it. And then also it's like after I get work sometimes it's just like, man... I don't want to have to go and do a workout now. It's just like, good So that's why I like transitioned to doing like a more early morning workout in the gym. One cuz I could do it in the gym cuz my social anxiety was f- fine because I was up before anybody else. So there was just nobody there. Uh and then it's just nice to get it done out of the day out of the way and then when you come home from work, you can just like don't have to work you can just do whatever you want because it's just like all right i already got my day
2: this is very true it it does suck to have to come home and like you're like fuck i still have to do this
1: yeah because it's like i get home at four i get like i'm off work at four but it would take me like 15 20 minutes to get home from work and then i gotta like get changed and get ready to work out and stretch so i'm not even like starting my workout until like After four thirty, four forty or so, and then it's like, okay, well now I'm gonna work out for thirty to forty minutes. So now I get done, and it's like five thirty, five forty-five. Okay, great. Now I get to get cleaned up, shower, and now I gotta like figure out dinner. So it's just like nonstop going until like seven o'clock.
2: Yeah, then you're like fucking miserable.
1: And then it's just like, good.
0: The other thing I would say is. The other thing I've done to, like, really improve my mental health is hobbies. Like, find... Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a ton of them. You don't have to have anything super intricate or detailed or, like, uh, perfectionist. Just something you do consistently that brings you joy and is more than just watch TV. Like, yeah, everybody likes movies, but make a list of specific movies you want to see. That, at least, is something a little bit more of, like, accomplishing something... Rather than just letting TV happen to you.
2: I would agree. I think, yeah. Like, attempting to be active in some way. Um, I would also say, for me personally, recently, like, really just trying to get sleep. Really trying to, like... Like, trying to go to bed earlier. Like, being okay with sometimes waking up later. Um, I really do try to keep a, a relatively disciplined regimen during the week. Um, but like, because of that, like, I, you know, realizing like, oh, if I want to be able to wake up at like five 50 every morning to do what I want to do, like, I have to get to bed by like certain times. And like, if I do end up going to bed, like a little bit later, like the next day, it's like, I have to compensate or else it's just like it builds up and it compounds. I've just found surprise surprise like finding more time for sleep which i love i love sleeping um is like really really just helps kind of clear your head and it makes it makes your whole next day like way easier so there you that's go. one of advice i could give
0: our next question do you consider a person's voice when determining how attractive they are yes
1: yeah, I mean, everything about a person, I feel like, goes into determining if they're attractive or not. It's just varying levels depending on the person.
2: I agree. I think, like, um, it would be very rare that I would turn someone away. Like, there, I, I can't really think of a lot of people I've met in my day-to-day where I find their voices, like, distinctly unattractive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I
0: haven't encountered it often but there's been one or two where i've heard the voice and just been like oh god please never have a long conversation with me
2: this this is fair the yeah i mean there are some of those voices and um i will say as well that somebody having like an attractive voice like only helps obviously yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i would say
0: our next question how old is your phone? With the further details, I'm using a Samsung Galaxy S7. Got it on contract in 2015. Too tight to pay more than what than the $1250 a month I am now. Uh, my phone is uh, old.
1: Your phone is newer than mine. Uh, but I, honestly, the thing with an older phone is nowadays it's just they stop supporting it for security updates. Mm. And that can be pretty bad. So that's honestly the only reason you should you really need to upgrade nowadays and you really, really should, because it actually is a big deal. Um, oh. I'm confused by their mention of 1250 a month.
0: Uh, I believe they bought their phone on contract and that is the amount they are paying per month for their phone.
1: Uh, then they got screwed because I feel like they should have paid it off by now if it's been seven, almost seven years. Uh, but you can you can easily find contracts for twelve fifty a month. Modern phones. Uh,
0: yeah, doing I think some back of the can, back of the napkin math.
1: Is six years six by twelve?
0: Uh, was the Samsung Galaxy S? Oh no, I uh Samsung Galaxy S seven was that nine hundred dollars in twenty fifteen? Because that's how much they paid for it.
1: Uh, it S seven. It, it could have been. I guess, but still, I would, uh, I would, I would upgrade. I've been looking to upgrade because my phone's, uh, out of security updates. But I also agree with this person in that I just don't want to pay money.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure my phone's are just about out of security updates. So,
1: I think you have, if I remember what phone crutch you have, uh, I think you
0: three AXL. have maybe what twenty. It came out in 2019. I'm pretty sure that, like this is the last year. Because Google's been on a three-year cycle.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Fun. What about you, James?
2: I think mine's an iPhone 11. I literally got it last year. I, I try like to make my... pieces of shit. Well, no, dude. I try to make my phones, like, the last one I had was an iPhone SE, and I had that for, like, five or six years. Like, right. I try to make my last as long as i can i just the reason i had to get a new phone was cuz i i literally accidentally i accidentally bricked my old one cuz i left nice. it
0: where would you leave wa- it
2: in my jeans and i threw in the wash and then the... and then i pulled it out and i was like oh and instead fuck. of
0: putting in a bag of rice you went well new one
2: well at uh, that point it's oh well, you're i feel like
1: you're a little beyond a bag of rice it was but like you the street
2: the screen was cracked. The fucking... This is true. I should have... I should have... Rice fixes rice. everything. Shoved it in there. Yeah. This is why the Chinese never have any technological problems. Because they have all the rice they... You know. They have wow. all the... That's racist? They yeah, have I rice. don't know. I think so. <laughs> no. I don't know, though. Oh, is that racist? They have rice patties in China. That's not racist at all. But... Uh, but no we have rice. No, my gut says we, it is. You know. I mean, not fucking known for its rice patties. China is. What about Nam? <laughs> uh, like, Vietnam's yeah. got rice patties. Also, they're Chinese. How would you be against Chinese, person? Wow. <laughs> okay, that was okay. racist. Well, James,
0: <laughs> we're invoking rule number three and moving on to our next question. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't listen to James. Uh, next question. What Lego set would be great for a couple to build together? Now, I include this question for one reason, one reason only, and that's to promote Lego's new initiative, where they actually are developing instructions for specific sets to be built by multiple people. It's awesome. It's a very cool, inclusive idea. There's a few sets. Just Google like, Lego multi-person instructions. It's out there, uh, and it's like you pull, you scan the, you scan the barcode, or the, the QR code. It asks how many people are building. You tell them how many people are involved in the build, and it will break it up into sections so that each person can work on their section, and at a certain point it'll be like, okay, person two, add your part to person one. And you keep going, and you build together. Otherwise, uh, get the Treehouse. Treehouse is a great LEGO idea set. It's pretty big. Anything, Honestly, anything above like 100 to $200 on LEGO is a great, great choice for multiple people.
2: Yeah, I, I think like even one of those like paintings I've seen, like a Lego painting, mm. or like like bouquets of flowers, or like I know that there's like a someone was telling me actually that there's like a Lego bonsai tree. Yeah, uh, like which I think would be I don't know how you build that together, but I think the idea of like trying to take care of it together if there is some way to do that would be kind of like cute, I suppose.
0: James, how do you think plastic works? Do you think plastic grows?
2: Well, maybe the like, Lego maybe, bonsai
0: need to be trimmed, James.
2: Maybe Lego put maybe like you can change it out, RJ. You I don't can. fucking know. There's two variants. The you ma-
0: can have it as a normal bonsai, or change it to a cherry blossom bonsai, where they use pink frogs as like the cherry blossoms.
2: Bonsai Lego tree. How much is this thing? Probably expensive. That's Forty that dollars. That's not terrible. Oh, and it lights up on the little. It, there's a. The cherry blossoms light up well, one set, does. Interesting. That's pretty cute. Dude, how much is an actual bonsai tree?
1: Oh, probably super expensive. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how big and how
2: well cared for you want Onside. one. It looks like 35 bucks, $70. I mean, maybe this is so like cheap shit, though.
0: You could either buy a real bonsai tree or much buy a Lego one that's much easier to take care of.
2: Yeah, but Bonsai Tree is like the whole point. So you, you're, you're getting connected with a microcosm of life, RJ. You're taking care of the world. And you think like putting
0: a- taking the random assortment and putting it in order is not the organization of the universe on a micro scale?
2: I suppose the physical act, yes, but it is deprived of the organic material.
0: You are the organic material in putting your force upon reality
2: damn well but that seems very uh, self-indulgent sir that's not sacrificial you have to sacrifice part of your action for another living thing
0: your time is not being sacrificed and also your time is being not sacrificed the putting in the, the effort itself into the universe as a whole not worth contribute contribution i you're actively I, fighting against entropy
2: I would agree. at the same At the same time, I suppose the, the difference of the vessel has to be the, sort of taken into account. Maybe, like it, like
0: but either if you if you know yourself it. truly, then you would also know in your heart whether you could truly care for a bonsai and lead it to fruition, or that you would kill it and thus further the work of entropy.
2: But the thing is, is like you shouldn't engage in life with the fear of of entropy. You should engage in life regardless. That's not careless. Break. This is this is yeah, this is true. But, but part of the fun of taking care of a live bonsai tree is the, you know, you gotta take care of it. That's what happens when you don't take care of something, it dies. Or sometimes things die even if you try your hardest. That's life, baby.
0: Maybe you should focus on yourself before you care for another.
2: Yeah, you can practice on the like Lego Bonsai tree and then you can try a real bonsai tree. Yeah, there you go. There we go.
0: Our next question. How do you wash your whites' clothes?
1: I'm bad about my laundry, and I kind of just chuck it all in at once and call it good. You heathen monster. But do
0: you know how you're supposed to do it?
1: Yeah, you're supposed to divide it by colors. I make sure I wash something for the first time with light colors, but nowadays, for the most part, most things don't. If you're buying decent enough clothing, it's not going to bleed, and it, it, you're fine. I, I have learned to start washing things on cold and delicate because that really helps. But because that'll help if you're fading. But uh,
2: otherwise, no, I'm pretty bad.
0: James. I usually
2: separate them for the most part, but at the same time, there are, there are times where I won't.
0: Yeah, I know you're supposed to do like whites hot and separate out your whites and colors, but uh, much like Calvin, I take it all and I put it in the load because then I have to do one load of laundry, and I do it on the cold color settings because, fuck it, what's my oh no my socks shrunk a little oh dear well that's life.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Uh, our second to last question this week: Would your ego be able to handle it if your GF was an MMA fighter?
2: Why or why not? Hmm, sounds hot. Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say this. <it. laughs> like, that sounds pretty cool. Honestly, I'd be kind of, I'd be kind of down. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah I want, want her to teach me. I'd be like, you show me wrestling moves again. <laughs> oh! I mean,
0: I would like. I'm looking for someone who is able to like stand up for themselves and take care of themselves. And it's a partnership. So if she can be, if she's her own bouncer, like,
2: yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, then you have to counter it. Like, like uh, you can, you can counter it in some way. There's something you can bring to the relationship. Yeah. She brings the,
0: let's be straightforward guys. I'm sorry, but I don't think any of us are getting dates because of our sheer raw muscle
1: no Take yeah for yourself yeah okay
2: uh, james <laughs> and i <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking steroids like a motherfucker <laughs> one big delta um, no i no i I, uh, I i agree like but i think in that case then you have to you have to balance it you know what i mean like you you're you know she's the the muscle material material you're the funny you're the we're all funny the brain yeah you're the you're the wit you're the comic wit you know, like you, you gotta you balance it out. There, there's people that eat that shit up. That balances. That works. And plus like if she was your girlfriend, she'd probably she would probably be dating you because you weren't some like meathead. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I mean like, yeah, yeah, anybody whose ego can't handle this, like you wouldn't be able to handle success in any form then in your significant other, and maybe you should reevaluate yourself.
2: Yeah, this really- is very true you should be in some way comfortable with like your significant other being like not just like better than you but like basically unattainable in some way like by your own talents and disposition because that will be like uh that will be a factor but that's also like the, you also have to keep in mind that like there's a chance that you're the same way for them that's what makes like a good relationship almost and at, at least and jealousy No. Well, like I would say two people who like come together and they share like their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. They share like similar talents or at least a disposition towards like they they share ambition that's allocated in different areas and it balances out is what I would say.
0: Plus, as Calvin said earlier, that's hot. Yeah, it's hot. (laughs) Our last question this week. What are your views on money can't Didn't buy happiness? he just
1: say last question? No,
0: I said second no, last.
2: Ultimate. Oh. Yeah, yeah sorry, I heard not last that question.
0: easy. Almost made it. What are your views on money can't buy happiness? With The further details. The people believe in this are totally shit. Money can buy everything you need. You like all the things. What will you do if you become Pablo Escobar?
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, that was quite a turn.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um... Money can't buy happiness. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Fucking money makes life makes it easier for you to find happiness. I get it. That's fine and all, but, damn, dude, if there aren't some very unhappy rich people and happy poor people, like,
1: a lot of it yeah.
0: has. I would say it's a a twenty eighty split. Twenty percent money, eighty percent mentality.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fair. But I, I would I also disagree on the idea that money can't buy you happiness. Money can a hundred percent buy you happiness. What money can buy you is like meaning mm. in life. So yeah. as long as you have a meaning and purpose, money can buy a hundred percent buy you happiness. Like you could you could, if you have if you're like Jeff Bezos rich and you could spend. A billion dollars on a boat and get them to build a bridge move the bridge up to move your boat out like that's you're telling me he's not gonna be happy with that boat you're telling me that somebody who can afford that who can just do whatever they want whenever they isn't gonna have fun and be happy bs they're totally gonna (laughs) have fun now they're they're gonna have so many other problems because you're going to have to worry about oh these people are just in it because they want my money and people are always going to be like after you for stuff and you're going to be vilified for the rest of your life that so money brings its own problems but like what poor people have no problems (laughs) everyone has problems like there's
2: (laughs) I agree I would say like uh, I think like uh i don't know i like it's i this is something i've gone back and forth on like I, i there's a part of me that like believes people who like most people who reach that level of like success whether it is with like money or even in like a talent like being very athletic or like artistically inclined like there's a belief that i do have that like they've invested almost like too much in the thing that got them to where they are and not like kind of what you're talking about in the actual like meaning of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like they get so caught up in the actual like process of like training for the next game or writing the next book or making that next movie or, you know, like doing fucking billion dollar deals or whatever. And they don't actually like, they don't actually allocate any time for like meaning so like I I think that's like a noteworthy distinction where like I think this kind of like dilemma occurs like across all spectrums like I'm sure there are wildly talented people uh who are like totally miserable and they don't know like why and I think it's because like ultimately you have to eventually like pick like I I don't know especially with the this the super like rich and successful Like, there's something in me that says, like, somebody who's actually found, like, meaning and purpose, like, doesn't, wouldn't feel the need to make that much money. Like, it just wouldn't, I don't know. Uh, But I also don't know if that makes, like, any sense. Because I guess if you do find meaning, then it doesn't really matter what you, like, do or don't do. So you would just, like, keep doing it. But I have no clue. Like, yeah. I have no idea i feel um, like
1: the people that make that money have found their purpose and that's why they make that amount of money
2: i think that's true the the, difficult, for the most part <laughs> no i no i agree like i i think it's it's really difficult for me to tell to to an extent because it's like i think uh like i think when you find true meaning and purpose like it's something you do your like passion your or purpose or whatever is something you would do even if you weren't like getting paid for it so it's it's really difficult to tell like because i don't think necessarily like these guys maybe went into th- their businessmen you know what i mean so like there's an element of like did they actually do this because they believe they had an idea they could bring to the world uh that would actually change it for the better or did they do it because they had an idea they could bring to the world that would make them a shit ton of money? Like, it, it's really difficult to parse those two kind of, like... I think there's maybe, like... It's, like, hokey to say he's, like, a very basic example. I think Steve Jobs is an example of of the first. I genuinely do believe that. Um, I don't know if, like, Elon Musk is, or, like, even even, like... Bezos is a better example. Based on what I know, uh, Elon
0: Musk, he uh, he was already kind of sitting pretty before he started Tesla and everything else. That's what I yeah, heard. He too.
1: he invented. He was a founder of PayPal. Was he? That
2: is all true. Yeah, he was. So yeah,
1: so he got rich in the dot com era. He I did. Mean, he started SpaceX in like the early two thousands.
2: Yeah. No. I don't know that stuff is like that's like tough for me because you can to be fair, you can carry that too to a lot of like, like musicians or other types of artists where it's like, did you get into this because you like, you actually enjoy making art or doing that type of stuff? Or did you do it? Because it's like, you like kind of the attention and the, the stuff that you get from it rather than like, actually doing the thing itself. Um, But I I have no clue. That's a that's a very personal question that only the person can answer come to terms with eventually but i will say it would be nice if i had enough money i mean having enough money to tell an entire city to rebuild a bridge yeah uh, right push your boat <laughs> out is it's that's basically the definition of like fuck you money i mean that's like that that's that is pretty nuts it would be fun to live that life for like a week you know it's only in a week
1: i'd live that right life for the rest of my life <laughs> <I'm>
2: Frankly, surprised. <laughs> the rest me. of my life might be only a week if i had that much money you, it would be an amazing week. <laughs> don't you think it'd feel like God mode, like when you play like fucking Minecraft or even like Halo? The, like, don't people you feel play like... Minecraft in creative mode? Yeah. I know they play Minecraft in creative mode, but people like I just feel like it would be like it would be fun, but I feel like it would be when it when things start to turn to ash eventually. When no, like, you just like, kind I don't of just
0: keep about. building bigger and crazier things because you have no limits.
1: Yeah, yeah that's why. Elon Musk is doing, like, all this stuff. That's why he's got an electric car company. It's That's why he's got a is space company. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude. why would you not? Although, for Isn't real, though, f- like,
0: why are they not doing the, like, random, like, just, here's what you need to do. Bezos, I know you're listening. You need to pull an Incredible Hulk or a Jack Reacher, or whatever, Ryan Reacher? Yeah, it's Reacher. Uh, just, like, wander the country fixing problems by throwing money at it. Like, show up in yeah, Flint and fix Flint's water because you just dropped a billion dollars on the city. But then you yeah, just but wander someone out someone in the tavern.
1: government would just, like, graft it all and nothing would happen.
0: But he can afford to have yeah. that happen and still give them another billion dollars to fix it.
2: I, I yeah, I mean, like, I, that is the interesting thing is, like, you do wonder, like, what they're doing with all of it because they keep making money. Like, where the fuck, where is it all going? Like, it, it's got to be Hey, yo.
1: Well, well, To be fair, like oh. like, be- like oh. Bezos, like they're like, oh, he's worth like two hundred billion dollars or whatnot. It's like, yeah, yeah. he's worth that, yeah. but he doesn't actually have that amount of money. Yeah. No, it's like, very true. he owns it's about- it in like the shares that he owned. If he sold off all the of shares, would be would be to that much. But if he sold off that many shares, the share price would tank, and he <laughs> wouldn't actually have that much money. Which is why, which I didn't realize this, but I found it fascinating is that a lot of billionaires and super rich people, what they do to get cash is they take out like billion dollar loans mm-hmm. and put up their stocks as like, as the like, uh, like collateral or whatnot. Yeah. So that's how they get their money because oh. if they actually sell the stocks, then they have to pay, like, crap tons in capital gains tax.
0: Uh, so, also, speaking of the, like, difference between cash on hand and net worth, there was some, back at, like, near the beginning of the pandemic, there were some articles coming out about, like, uh, Food Network chef Bobby Flay and being like, oh, Bobby Flay's not paying his his restaurant employees enough. He's worth X amount. <laughs> and it was like, okay, dude, but, like... Yeah, he owns like three or five restaurants or whatever. like he owns a bunch of restaurants. Cool, sure, whatever. But also, his value is in that he's a food network star who shows up on food network shows. Yeah, he's probably got enough money to give them a little bit more money. But his worth is very directly tied to the views he brings into those shows, not the amount of cash in his bank.
1: Well, that's not necessarily how net worth is calculated. Net worth is literally if you sold everything that you have, you would have this much
2: money. Yeah. And it's, and the problem with a lot of this stuff is it's, it's almost by definition, like speculative, like a lot right, of, them, right, uh, you know, it's, it's like the common thing where it's like a lot of the, you know, the companies, like what they're actually priced at on like the NASDAQ or, you know, the general stock market, or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's an estimation almost of it is to a degree what they are currently presently worth, but it's also like, there's a large factor from what I understand as to like, this is also a hedging a bet as to what they could also like what the worth could become in the future so you know whether money that's my
0: happiness or not
2: yes and uh, uh, if that's what you want Maybe. i suppose money can buy it uh but i would not uh i mean
0: <laughs> okay that's your answer james congratulations
2: find uh i don't know make a lot of money and find out
0: <laughs> i said that was your answer and you answered again why'd you do this to me
2: but i had no, to, i wanted my thought what's your answer rj i said maybe oh that's fair
0: all right thank you both for joining this week james welcome back
2: thank you it's glad i'm i'm it's good to be it's back glad to be back it's i'm glad it, to be it, back
0: james it is, it's glad to be back everybody
2: it is glad to be back
0: <laughs> the james is glad to have returned master
2: you're i'm back baby i'm back in the saddle again
0: thank you to the band problem of interest for letting us use the song living in the moment off the album cross off yesterday you can find them on itunes and spotify you can find our podcast better buddies on itunes spotify or wherever podcasts are sold please give us reviews likes downloads, subscribes all those fun things uh you can also find us on social media facebook better buddies we have our meme mondays and our icebreaker questions on Twitter, at budcast, Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And at us, because, you know, that way it's easier for us to read it. Or our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Howdy folks. Originally, at the end of this episode, we had some jokes about my getting ready to paint camouflage for the Russian army. Uh, In light of the events that occurred between our recording Wednesday night and Russia's invasion of Ukraine the following morning, those jokes are in poor taste. So to Ukraine, our hearts go out to you, and to Russia, a hearty fuck you.